Uh, so thanks to everyone who's joining us for making time to have this conversation with us. My name is Whitney Wangi and I'm the founder of The Storybook, which is basically a creative social enterprise that focuses on youth empowerment. Uh, we do stories. Stories is our main vessel that we use to usher people into their next stage of transformation by inspiring them. And we've also incorporated an aspect of business and entrepreneurship to ensure that we support young people, we support their businesses we do campaigns and support them through that and now we have a shop where the youth can sell their digital products so that's where we've reached now so this is the second episode of the africa youth month series and we will be talking to melissa Mwende, the lovely guest uh she'll be talking to us about how the african youth can discover their talent Yes. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you, where you're from, blow us away. Okay, so my name is Melissa Mwende. I am from Nakuru. I am currently in Nakuru at the moment. I've lived here my whole life. I'm a small town girl. You know, the funny thing is, every time everyone speaks to me and they've just heard about me, they always start with, oh, you're Melissa the wine girl. And I keep right. wondering, guys, that's just eight years of my life. There's so right. much that happened before that. But it's great that um, work I've done and work I'm very proud of has given me some sort of, um, my reputation precedes me, which is a good thing. Yeah, so I am Melissa the wine girl from Kenya, Nakuru. This is so interesting because Nakuru happens to be one of my favorite towns to just kick back. My mom mm. was stationed in Nakuru for five, five years or something. It used to be the place that we would go to to just relax. You know, you can hop onto a bike and just, you know, be you. It's easy going. It's interesting. I miss it. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, but you bring back good memories. I'm struggling to piece that together because okay. thinking about Nakuru, it's mm -hmm. a small town. Everyone seems to know everyone. But yeah. then here you are, you grow a sophisticated taste and you do describe yourself as a small town girl. So mm. tell me a little bit about your journey into wine. Let's say the first time you tasted wine and you're like, mm. oh, this is good for me. So let's talk about that moment and how you got into just making it a thing. Okay, so the funny thing is my origin with wine also happened to start in Nakuru. Mm -hmm. After high school, I took a gap year. I taught math and science at Greensteads International School okay. for a year. It was very easy math, nothing crazy. Uh, during one of those end of year parties that the teachers would have, I remember, of course, there's a bar and there was beer. Okay. It was with gin there was vodka blah 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 I tried vodka not the best vodkas I tried kibao before ah kibao <laughs> and, <laughs> and my body said no please never it's never again <laughs> it's not the one so uh, I tried several things but at this party I said let me try wine I remember I, I had wine and I remember thinking to myself finally I found something that is tasty enough that I can enjoy it I don't have to make a face when I'm having it and right. I can still enjoy the buzz after so right. that's got into wine and a few days later one of my friends who was also a teacher at Princeton invited me over and we had wine and chocolate and it was the best thing ever oh, and wow. curiosity started there and then I moved to Nairobi now for uni and when I was studying food science the first year I met a friend in Nairobi who knew people in the wine industry and we ended up going for a wine tasting together mm -hmm. back in 2014 2015 which is not too far ago but a lot has happened since yeah. Most tastings were organized by wine people for wine people. It would be importers mm -hmm. or wine people who are from Cape Town would come to Kenya trying to find new shops, new importers, new trade people. So I got to go for one of these trade shows or trade events 
and talk about being bamboozled. I remember wondering uh-huh. what on earth is happening. You go stand right. by stand and someone is telling you about oh this wine has been aged in wood. It tastes like vanilla. It <laughs> smells like in my head. I'm thinking no, this is just alcohol. What are you saying? Right, right. And I got so overwhelmed. I went to the corner. I just said let me wait for my friend to get down so we can go home because this is not it. Mm-hmm. And one of the ladies saw me and she came by and gave me a few pointers and told me go to that stand, ask them for this and that. And I ended up having a good evening. The feeling I had, I remember feeling very stupid. No one was out to make me feel stupid, but I remember feeling very stupid and I right. said never again in this world will I feel that stupid about wine. So I went to Google, me and Google became buddies, started reading about wine on this website called Wine Folly and mm-hmm. I taught myself about wine for the next 3 years while still hosting wine tastings for people who know nothing about wine. That way mm-hmm. we can all be a small community of dummies together who elevate each other. And right. that's how I formed my company Little Wine Basket. That's the journey of wine. That's how it started. Wow, this is interesting and it's it's sort of coming together. Let me tell you the story that inspired the title of this interview. Where is my slingshot? Um mm-hmm. so for me slingshot comes from the story of David who's a Bible character. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. And so the story of David while you were speaking, I remembered the part where he had been sent by his father to go and give bread and food stuff to his brothers mm-hmm. who were getting ready to go and fight Saul. But then when yeah. he got there, instead of focusing on what he was told to do, he started asking questions. So what who is this person you guys are afraid of? Um who is this person that who wants to challenge etc etc and by him taking interest in that it sort of veered him onto the presence of the king who would then give him the responsibility to go and fight Goliath and hearing you say that you just attended i mean i have attended several wine events in cape town yeah. itself and mm-hmm. i was not inspired to make it a business it tells something about how curiosity grows into exposure and then it grows into interest and you decide to plant a seed That's towards that right and here we are we have you as a whole sommelier i hope i'm still pronouncing that name right so tell us what exactly is this beyond what you do so you established a business right and you've yeah. been um testing wines etc that's the limited knowledge that we have so mm-hmm. what exactly do you do and how do you end up becoming a world class sommelier from nakuru to the world take us into the root of your slingshot okay so i'll take you back 2015 16 17 is when i do the business and okay. then 2017 one of the tastings the last tastings i do i end up meeting who then becomes my former employer mm-hmm. and i was formerly employed uh, for a company that imported south african wine and the wine itself asked me to be the ambassador and the wine is called begilegen so i was begilegen wine ambassador for 4 years so i remember when i signed the contract with them i told them at this point i need no money i have no responsibilities i'm a child in compass what i need though is for you to take me through as much wine education as you can take me through the first thing we did is they took me to cape town i did my first course which was very successful and then mm-hmm. i worked here and then a year later I I went back to Cape Town did my second wine course also successful and then I did an internship in Cape Town at Begilegen so I learned how okay. to harvest learned about how they make the wine and then I came back worked another year and then
then I decided to study how to teach the course that I'd learned because now we had um, a franchise of this wine school in Kenya and they needed someone to teach the course. So I joined another lady called Wanjiru Murezi who is one of my teachers, one of my mentors as part of the team of educators and then now we decided to join this company called Devries Africa which brings wine education to Kenya. Rather than having people to travel, because traveling is not cheap, so if you have a pool here and you want to learn about how to be a sommelier, it makes sense okay. to join a pool that's local. Because then okay. it's a day's course. You can come study, get certified, go about your life without right. thinking about accommodation, transport. Right. So how did I become a world-class sommelier from Nakuru? I guess curiosity, passion, practice. The problem with wine is it's endless. There's so right. much. There's right. at least 1,000 grapes. Each grape okay. makes at least a million different wines. Yani, wow. those, I, I will die and I won't have tasted a tenth of the wines of the world. Um, when I was studying at the beginning, I would read something like, okay, white wine. And then they'd say, there's three main grapes. So today I'll read Chardonnay. I decide I sleep. I'll wake up at 2 a.m. But what's the other one? And that that curiosity that was burning in me just never ended. Right. And I think that's right. also what made wine school so easy. People say it's so hard. I didn't struggle, I think because I was so curious and everything felt like a satisfaction the more information I got. So that's curiosity. The problem with wine and any work that requires you to use your senses is you have to practice a lot. And with wine, it means you have to taste a lot. This year alone, I think the past three months, I have tasted more wine in the past three months than I've ever tasted my entire life. Mm-hmm. And that's because I was practicing for a competition. It makes sense why I taste so much. So on a day-to-day, unlike what anyone might think, we don't just spend the day drinking. Not not really. No, no. no. <laughs> You're reading my mind. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the work is actually logistics, technical okay. things, dealing okay. with clients, customer service, such and such. The tasting happens mostly between Friday and Sunday. And that's if there's an event. That's if you have a nice bottle or if you have friends over. For me, for example, if I have clients who want to send me wines to taste and give reviews, then that's right. how I end up drinking wine. I don't just wake up every morning and say, okay, today I'm drinking wine from 10 a.m. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wish that was the case. I wish. <laughs> I love this. And let me get into that aspect of uh, bursting the myth where people think that familiars all they do is drink. First of all, when I take wine, I just start opening up. You know, I'm telling my stories of how I almost went to jail and all. And it's not always necessary. So I'm curious to know how do you maintain the discipline? Because sometimes you're practicing, you know, I'm practicing and sometimes it's tasting. We're not going all in. How do you maintain that discipline? There's a culture for people who are in the wine industry is mm-hmm. we always unless we're drinking socially will always spit. You will always okay. see us asking for a spittoon, which is that small bucket that I can spit because I don't want to swallow. Because I know right. it's alcohol. At the right. end of the day, it's alcohol. It doesn't matter if you've been doing this for 50 years. Right. If the alcohol gets to you, the alcohol gets to you. So it's a matter of trying to mitigate it. And we drink a lot of water during tastings. Right. Okay. Okay. That's good. I did not know that. Now I know. I must confess, I think I will continue to swallow mine just for the no, for yes, the love of wine. <laughs> you do it. I'm taking the bullet. It's a sacrifice on my part for you Thank as you. the sommelier. Enjoy all the wine. <laughs> Thank you. And it's paying off because now we know that you uh, participated 
winning the wine olympics right tell us how that was for you how did you feel how did this uh, elevator impact your journey as a sommelier by july 31st we didn't know any of this was going to happen oh. all this started in august this was just two months of madness it started right. off as a joke and then it became serious very quickly and then it became a reality as soon as we got our visas and I was like oh gosh it's happening it has changed everything since i came back everything has changed and it's the change happened the moment we stepped into that room after we did the first wine and i haven't told this story enough times i'm glad i'm doing right. this live because now i can tell people it was a live um competition so there was a le- leaderboard and you could tell after each wine are you number 1 are you number 20 are you number 30 so you could tell after every wine what your what your position is i promise you guys by the time it was number 3 we were number 6 we were oh. number 6 we knew we were having it we knew we got it we were so excited There's a wine we got right. full point. There's a wine we called down to we even said the wine maker wore brown boots the day he was making that wine. We were really into that wine and that moment for me changed the game. I remember thinking when we were celebrating at that number 6, I remember thinking everybody in this room knows there's Kenyans here. Maybe before they walked into this room they didn't know Kenyans existed because right. you know how the world is. And we only run. Which exactly. Run. They think we only run because we're running away from lions it felt really good to have such a presence without having to say anything at all that was very powerful for me even after the competition ended and became 26 of course we were bummed out we all want to be the best mm-hmm. but the organizer of the competition said something very special in his speech he said there's an energy you kenyan girls brought in this room we've never mm-hmm. felt in the last decade we've held this competition and mm-hmm. because of this we want you back over and over until you're first wow wow that took my breath away and that's my biggest takeaway the fact that right. i can go anywhere in the world now and say didn't you hear don't you know of tigo in kenya don't right. you know kenya you have the millions who are world class right. right who are female right. who are young right. who are african right nothing nothing tops that feeling wow don't you just love stories hey. stories shape how we understand the world our place in it and our ability to change it. We are all products of our backgrounds, perceptions, and experiences, which all form how we interpret the world. So we all have unique stories to share. What are we without stories? If you're a sucker for inspirational stories, you'll feel right at home at the Storybook. We are a creative enterprise with a social purpose to inspire, educate, mentor, entertain and influence the youth in Africa to make informed decisions on their healing, growth and development. Our message is simple. Every youth in Africa can attain the lasting change they desire in different aspects of their lives, and we want to support them in their journey. Messages delivered as stories can be up to 22 times more memorable than just facts. So, at the storybook, we leverage the transformative power of storytelling. We can all agree that for change to be lifelong, it has to start in the mind. So, we keep our stories unique, fun, engaging, and memorable. Just how the mind likes it. You too can join us to transform the lives of youth in Africa through stories. Every quarter, 
we run youth empowerment and mobilization projects through which businesses owned by young people in Africa are supported by the storybook, either financially or through publicity. Nominate a young changemaker today by telling us how they've changed lives in your community. We also welcome partnerships and sponsorships. Furthermore, we accept stories under these categories all year round. Young and on fire. Note to younger self. And Dear Diary. To learn more about the categories and drop us your story for inspiration, visit our website www.thestorybook.whitneymwangi.com. So, that's our story. What's yours? Be sure to connect with us on social media at thestorybook underscore ENT on Instagram, thestorybook ENT on Facebook, at storybook underscore ENT on Twitter. Let's keep the conversation going. We just can't wait to hear from you. And still going back to the story of David, as you are speaking, there's a specific verse that indicates that when he was approaching Goliath, he did not just walk, he was running. He was running towards him. And if you remember, in uh, just before he was released to go into battle, I, I believe King Saul offered him some clothing and and uh, and some tools to go fight. Him. I remember. Yes. Yeah. And then David said, "No, look, I have been out here dealing with lions. I'm just going to go as I am, and I'm going to use my slingshot." So now, bringing this story, the the rock and the sling, bringing the story of David back onto what you just said earlier, you mentioned how you submitted yourself to education. You learned. You got mentorship. You tied yourself to people who've already been in the industry and yeah. then now here you are in the field you brought an, an energy that perhaps was not intentional but i believe mm. what the speaker was trying to connote is an energy of confidence perhaps you're yeah. women but you know it it's almost like it's mm. fine we're not we might not win but we are running towards what we came here to do and Absolutely. i like that because you sort of bring out that when you understand the things that set you apart it gives you that confidence and it makes you move faster right i'm a woman but it's fine it's what sets me apart i'm from kenya but fine it's what sets me apart right Uh, am i representing you uh correctly totally absolutely okay okay i like that and it's inspirational in itself and so beyond that you've talked about curiosity passion, education, implanting yourself in a community of people who can teach you and also grow with you. But what else does it take to be a uh, world-class sommelier beyond what we've just talked about? Um, I like that you're bringing this back to David all the time because it's such a powerful story. And this is for me, anyone who believes in God understands that at some point something will happen to you that you'll realize I had nothing to do with it. This, whatever's happening right now, has nothing to do with me maybe what's happening to me is beyond me maybe it's not really for me it's for people to see and think oh wow oh so it can happen for me too my whole journey i planned nothing i didn't even know by the time i was leaving greenstead i didn't know what i wanted to do with my life i was going and i feel like i have been steered on a path by god and some people might look and just say but who are you to think it's god me i know it's god because i know it's not me and it's not the devil it can only be god i have never been alone in this journey and why it's going 
going as well as it's going. I love that. And I think this interview sits as confirmation for you and me as well, because guys, Melissa and I are meeting for the first time. When I was putting together this uh, title, it really was just going with the flow. And I love mm. how it sort of takes me back to that and it it's also relevant to you. So I know uh, what you're doing is a big blessing. It's unique. It's phenomenal to me because it's a simple aspect. It's a creative art yeah. itself. And it's so interesting to see you uh, making a passion out of it. Thanks so much to everyone who's joining us. Uh, tell us yeah. where you're joining us from. Drop your comments. I can see Timo Thingura saying, sisters in wine are something else. Ah. I'm not sure what Timothy is talking about. That's Team Wine Kenya. The Ooh. five ladies for Team Wine Kenya. We're called. I mean, our hashtag is Sisters in Wine. Oh, absolutely. Okay, now I understand. But still, the way he says it are something else. Maybe Timothy, you want to contextualize uh, what you're talking about? Uh, but I love that. Let's continue interacting. He says, preach. Uh, share any questions that you might have for Melissa. Uh, she continues to inspire us. So Melissa, life can be challenging at times. And it can be difficult to manage your passion and trying to, you know, be there for yourself and for others. So you are definitely on a unique path. And how many sommeliers have, have you met on this journey? If you can give it a number, at least from Kenya. There's quite a few. There's at least a hundred. Oh, wow. Okay. There's different levels based on experience, how far you've studied. In general, there's at least a hundred. That's interesting. Yeah. So what encourages you to stay the course, to continue on this journey, going higher, scaling the, the levels? In many ways, I feel like me among certain number of sommeliers who've been there for a couple of years, especially, let me just speak for the sisters in wine, let me speak for the five of us who did this competition together okay. because we've all been in the industry for quite some time, okay. some of us for longer than even myself. Okay. And the thing that we kept feeling is we are pioneers. Obviously, there's it's uncharted path. This is we're going as we scatter the bush, clearing the path for the rest of the people behind us. And okay. that's difficult. There's no framework for anything. You're basically following your gut trusting each other and taking the blows right. as they come and the right. blows came and the blows are still coming but right. we're together so it's easier when you deal with things when you're not just by yourself so community is one of the things that has kept me going this okay. whole time I remember when I was expecting my baby one of the things I could not stand mm -hmm. you could be in the corner of the next room I could be in this room and if I if I smelt alcohol I would throw up like my life is over so for a whole year I couldn't work and that really right. messed up with my identity entity even because who am I mm. outside of wine so I remember that I was really giving up I even told people in the industry adios guys I'm mm -hmm. gonna do something else in my life not working out and the community held me down they told me take your time when you come back we will welcome you back and surely they've welcomed me back so community has definitely kept me together during the hard times okay oh wow yeah. oh wow I love that I love that because it picks accountability sometimes mm. when it's just about you you're going by your own strength right I know but knowing that yeah. people People who are rooting for you they are waiting for you right and they will help you just pick up from wherever you are I love that so I'm thinking about uh, people who feel that being attached to a community means reporting to them so when you're hiding you are experiencing a lot of guilt oh my god besides the identity challenges and the issues there's a lot of guilt that comes with it how did you relate with your community in a way that it allowed you to take some space when you need to and come back like it gave you freedom
freedom um, but still accountability does that make sense that's a very yeah. good question i remember one of the things i did immediately i realized i needed space and time to focus on parenting for a while is okay. i removed myself physically i left nairobi altogether i moved to nanyuki so that i can really just take care of myself because i knew had i stayed in nairobi the jobs would keep coming and i would lie to myself that oh i need the money i have a baby coming so let me just do this job despite how i feel na, 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 na. so mm-hmm. i made it possible physically impossible for me to be available for any boundary to be stepped across even by myself mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be extreme it is this something that comes naturally one you are okay with being in that warrior stage right yes now oh, yeah. so maybe i'm okay but then now i have to draw back and be somebody else it's almost like in a submission posture like surrender i'm okay mm. taking rest is this someone that you are naturally or did that journey push you into that space I'm so blown away you said surrender because that's a right. very fundamental word in my life and then right. two you answered the question itself I've actually always been the person who wants to be in control at every mm. corner at every turn but this mm. thing that happened to me having a baby shook me beyond anything that has <laughs> ever happened to me and I was just like whoa right. at this point yeah. I can't be the talk I don't even know what's happening to me so right. I surrendered to the circumstances I didn't fall on my face because I didn't surrender to nothingness i surrendered okay. to me and behold it worked out like magic i like that and for me it just inspires me that sometimes when you when you're afraid that you're going to become nothing maybe that's how you're coming back to become stronger right and become something you didn't even right? imagine yeah you've talked to us about a lot of things and we've just come off the subject of surrendering and learning how to balance between taking a break and pursuing and going hard and confidently and sometimes as young people we struggle with the aspect of doing the same thing sticking to the same path and expecting different results from your own journey as a sommelier as ambitious woman and now a mom how would you encourage youth to carve out a unique path for themselves At the beginning there's something you talked about knowing who you are and what you bring to the table and using that to your advantage something along those lines for a long time at the beginning of my journey when I wasn't really sure what I wanted and which path I wanted to follow I would show more and be the kind of person I thought someone would want to say work with or hire or and it didn't work out I remember being very embarrassed very many times because I was trying to be something mm-hmm. I'm not and as people would catch you someone just sat me down and told me I see what you're doing it's not cute be yourself mm-hmm. and watch what happens that yeah. changed my life the moment I decided you know what I must small town girl from Nakuru. I love wine. I haven't studied it, but I know what I know. I know what I don't know. I'm not mm. afraid. That alone set me apart because so many people try to right. be something they think people want when it's not the case. People just want mm. you or who you are. And mm. the person who really matters, the person who will open that door for you that you need will see through you. So rather just be yourself. Find the things about you that right. make you so unique, you know? I like that and blessed be the person who decided to check you <laughs> because mm-hmm. they're the ones yep. who pushed you onto this level. You speak on a matter that I think is very important but is often overlooked, the concept of being seen. Mm-hmm. Because the people who are for you, they're going to see you, they're going to see the unique things and they're going to open those doors for you. They're going to usher mm-hmm. you in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we are waiting for other people 
people to see us and maybe what needs to happen first is us to see ourselves right to recognize the unique things as you said and accept that and then build through that and with that to the next level and so do you have a, a specific a journey or maybe a ritual or i don't know a routine that you do just to make sure that you can see yourself like you're visible to yourself now you have a lot of responsibilities as a mom and balancing the business and all that i'm sure sometimes it can get blurry you're taking care of all these people so are there some things that you do to make sure that hey you know melissa i see you i'm taking care of you um and you know building towards the business I've really been enjoying just I want to do my nails. I did them last week. I'll do them again. Okay. Right. I'm just going to go Sometimes when I go to supermarket to buy shopping, of course the economy is terrible. You have a budget. Right. You deserve a Baileys. Go buy yourself a Baileys. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Yes. Go and buy it for you. People will buy it for you fine, but the one you buy for yourself is sweeter. Whenever I have small desires to do nice things for myself these days, I don't hold back. Right. As long as I can do it, I just do it. And I live by this small principle, which might be reckless. That's how I maintain happiness and joy in my life. Mm. Pesa ni mau. I don't know if you've heard this. Pesa ni money is power. They come, Covid they go. That for sure. Ati, oh, I want to buy myself flowers because I want to pay to make sure next month I don't struggle with rent. Who told you you'll be here next right. month? Buy your flowers right. today. Right. Pesa ni mau. It's just something that has peace in my life. life is because of that I lose money so easily but I also make money equally as easily because I understand it's just an object and that will give you so much peace of mind no one can teach you this you have to come to actualization by yourself it took me a long time to get here but the moment I flipped that switch life changed I like that you call it flipping a switch. I'm receiving it as a mindset change because yeah. earlier in the interview you were telling us about how you are conforming more or less like trying to be other people who you thought would be more, you know, acceptable in the industry etc. But here you are going out on a ball. You're at Carrefour like, you know, Bailey's, you belong to me. <laughs> So you are putting yourself first and with no guilt it takes a huge mindset shift to come off yeah. I think it's going into abundance to oh, a certain absolutely. extent moving into yeah. abundance knowing that tomorrow is not promised let me enjoy today to the maximum uh, so that you know when tomorrow comes it will worry about itself oh, right I like that and okay. I'm super proud of you let me look at some of the comments so Timothy says I've been privileged to be in close quarters with them a few times and so when Melissa talked about the energy they carried to France I can vouch for that really great energy and flew the flag high quite inspirational story I like that We are speaking to Melissa Mwende who's a sommelier from Kenya telling us how she's been able to build her passion into profit and uh just discovering her talent it's unique it's exceptional and she's been able to grow from operating on a local perspective that is a Kenyan perspective uh going on to global perspective so yeah if you have a question for Melissa so far please drop it in the chat uh we're headed towards 
towards the, the end of our session. Melissa, so as an African youth, a lot of times we set standards elsewhere and we think that the future is outside of Africa. So it's great to see that Africans are taking a bet on themselves uh, through you. So how do you think African youth can start setting global standards or they can be trendsetters, not just at the Kenyan level, but globally? I know you've shared so many gems, but if there's any, no one will ever showcase or tell the story of Africa better than Africans. And that's the place where we have an opportunity to be trendsetters. I mean, if Nigerians are showing us anything, obviously with the music, yeah, unapologetically them, the world finally is saying, oh, you guys are so cool, we like you, we're going to be like you. If we could do the same for ourselves enough times and do it such a way that we believe in ourselves enough that someone else would believe it. You know, you could be the poorest man, but if if you right. talk to me and convince me you have a million dollars, as long as you believe it, who am I to question right. you? Me, I don't believe right. you. Right. So it's exactly the thing. If you want to set trends in food and make African food the new thing, and people want to have all this African cuisine restaurants and Michelin star restaurants around the world featuring African cuisine, it's up to us to make it such that Ugali is not just the thing you hate. It's yes. a thing that you really <laughs> want to share around the world right. and you're so proud of it. And that's right. just how we're going to setting trends it just builds on to what you said before being yourself maybe we just need to be authentically african and not wear it as a shameful experience right what do you think builds on to that i i think maybe the way we are portrayed it's almost like oh my god save me i'm dying in some kind of poverty right what else do you think builds on to that kind of narrative of us wanting what's outside and not what we have there's some effect of colonization that you feel to this day. The small thing of how we make fun of people, for example, or if you meet someone who doesn't know English or just like you don't know English, where are you from? It's something I'm guilty of myself. I'm not going to act like right. I've never cared of for such things. But it's small sure. things so deeply ingrained, it'll take a lot of conscious effort on everybody's part for us to see any change that is big enough for it to be measured because the damage that is done is quite a lot. And we don't talk about yeah. it much because we keep seeing, I mean, we're okay Okay, now we are free. But how free are we? If you ask yourself, mm. you as you, how free are mm. you? How free? And are once you that? answer the question, then from there you can deduce what happens after. No, you're right. You're really right because even the industries, my field is in the development world mostly, and you will see these kinds of competitions. If you are a better, you can be a whole group of sommeliers, but the one who speaks English better than the others, all of a sudden they get a you know a quicker trajectory onto the next level. The one I do believe that Kenyans we stand apart because somehow yeah. we sort of fit into many spaces. But I know there are many national nationalities that if they were to be a sommelier the issues that you're raising asking yourself how free are you there are questions mm. that you need to start asking yourself from the beginning if at all you're going to compete uh, with the yeah. rest of the team if you're going to compete with melissa and her squad you just heard it they brought a different energy to france you need to ask yourself how free are you how free are you yeah. to self-express and i think to accept uh, yourself uh so thank you thanks so much melissa this has been lovely i have one more question for you but before i ask you that i just want to bring the whole conversation together so how can the youth discover their talent and how can they identify their slingshot i believe we started from a place of curiosity 
and then you were invited to a party you took interest in wine and then you proceeded to gain education around that embed yourself in a community where they were able to hold you accountable and you had your own journey in between of trying to pull back and somehow define the difference between you as Melissa and you as a sommelier right and how all that comes together with the concept of being an individual confident understanding rest understanding submission and surrender and then now being ready to come out on the other side balancing it all together as a mom knowing that as long as you understand what you carry you can take it through and growing from there so if you were to just close it out what word of advice would you give to the youth who are listening to us today on this subject matter let's forget that today we just called you david you're about to be melissa david but what next hey, i wish someone told me this between when i was 20 and 25 i wish someone told me between 20 and 30 oh my sister you will be broke but it's okay <laughs> everyone around you in your age group is broke too Before someone told me that because I really struggled I always used to wonder how come I don't have money I'm working mm-hmm. so hard I'm doing everything how come I don't have money and that thing bothered right. me a lot and this book I read sort of changed my mind and then it took some experience to really understand what the book was saying it's mm-hmm. a book by Charlemagne the Lord Charlemagne basically says how his 20s he realized because he also hustled so much in his 20s and he wasn't making it and it hit him when he turned 30 and started making it that um, of course he was born in the US gangs it's a rough neighborhood what do you do in right. the 20s you sell drugs so he said right. in reference to drug business then he right. said your 20s are for putting the weed in the bag so mm. he explained to the gangs that were selling weed then if you join the gang for a while what you'll do is you will be putting the weed in the small bags and giving them right. which is such a boring job really it's annoying so yeah. he said you do that job for a long time until they can trust you with more and he said your 20s are for putting the weed in the bag basically just mm. work 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 you won't see where the work is going to be honest mm. but ukombele it will pay off you'll realize oh so i slaved away trying to learn ex YZ then out of pocket walking to town taking a mat everywhere living in a studio apartment that looks like a bathroom oh and then when you turn yeah. 30 and you live in your nice house and you, you drive your nice car and you work in your nice job you'll remember so this is what happens after i put the weed in the bag so enjoy the process find people who don't make you feel shame for not having much that's important mm-hmm. you need to find people who don't shame you for not having much because it's not about you you having things or not having things has nothing to do with you your 20s take it easy cooler chips cooler smokey ni sawa Wow, you remind me of a lot really and I'm sure this is a very long conversation that we could probably not finish because you take oh, us yeah. back to one the aspect of surrounding yourself with people who can see you they understand where you are you know mm. they're not giving you unnecessary pressure they're not taking you out of your planting season right sowing your seeds mm. and still you do remind me of David because remember where he started this guy was out there smelling like cheap he was just he was just doing nothing and the one thing that i admire it's so funny because this was a story that i was just reading maybe the past two weeks i've been following a lot on the story of david for my own uh, personal reasons but i do remember the part where every time he was asked to be left behind or go serve other people who are ahead of him he was not in competition 
like trying to you know prove himself he was just where he was the guy who was watching over the sheep killing the lions whatever even when they second guessed him including his own dad he was focused on his planting and eventually it gave results so i like that you encourage young people to focus on the <laughs> on the kibavo kadis this is a personal story but we will not even talk about kibavo let's not even go there <laughs> yeah let's keep it leveled up with the wine and thank you so much this has been very lovely to chat with you it's been a pleasure to meet you um my experience with wine is very limited i just know i like what i like uh but i know this is this is the beginning of uh learning for me and for lots of our viewers so where can we find you social media how can we follow your journey and just get to know more about you or ask more questions you can find me everywhere on social media as melissa mwende twitter instagram tiktok tiktok i just do nonsense honestly instagram if you want to learn something and twitter sometimes i do spaces on and off and then i get people it's like a wild class but i haven't done them in a while i might get back to those soon but that's where you can find me all right thank you so much thanks to everyone who joined us and yeah thank you so much melissa you take care you are so great thank you so much i really enjoyed this and i'm glad uh-huh. we had this conversation i feel like it was very what's the word serendipitous i think Ooh, listen <laughs> if i pronounce that i will need to swirl my own wine and spit it <laughs> <laughs> After this interview but yes Sarah do you think us okay yeah yeah thank you thank you so much I'm glad you liked it all right take care everyone bye so that's our story what's yours be sure to connect with us on social media at the storybook underscore ent on Instagram the storybook ent on Facebook at storybook underscore ENT on Twitter. Let's keep the conversation going. We just can't wait to hear from you.